0: We just want to open up running to um, the community and especially get kids involved because every run that they do, every time they come out, it's one step away from heart disease and cancer and diabetes. It's all geared towards health and wellness.
1: That was Aldo Furlan, and this is episode 122 of the Inspired Souls podcast. Hi, I'm Carolyn, and I'm a roadrunner. And I'm Kim, and I'm a trail runner.
2: Welcome to our podcast, where we bring the communities of trail and road running together and explore the parallels between running and life.
1: Aldo Furlan is a 58-year-old kindergarten teacher, avid runner, and all-around awesome human who gives back tirelessly to his running community in Winnipeg. In addition to coaching middle school track and cross country, he is heavily involved with the Manitoba Runners Association, Ted's Run for Literacy, the Winnipeg 10 and 10, and the Manitoba Marathon. In this episode, Aldo tells us about being crippled by a four-year-old many years ago and how his journey through rehab and back to running inspired him to write one heck of a poem titled, Ode to My Lateral Meniscus, which he reads to us today. More recently when dealing with an assortment of common running niggles, he put pen to paper once again with Bag of Pain. Two of the most fun ways Aldo gives back is through his weekend pop-ups all summer long throughout Winnipeg, as well as the polar bear run every January 1st in Assiniboine Park. Be sure to listen to the very end when he tells us about the Not Since Moses race in Nova Scotia every August, which I will definitely be adding to my bucket list. This episode was a lot of fun to record, and we cannot wait to introduce you to our friend, Aldo Ferland. Well, tonight we're here with Aldo Ferland. Aldo, welcome to the uh, show. Thank you so much for being here.
0: Hi, thank you for so much for having me. I am thrilled and honored to be here.
1: We're very thrilled, very excited to explore. You and I know each other a little bit. We've done mm-hmm. run many um, laps of Victor Major track together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I don't think I've ever had a solid hour to sit down and chat with you and learn all about your life. So you wear many, many hats. You're obviously a runner, but also a huge contributor to our running community here in Winnipeg. And we can't wait to hear all about that. Um, I'm sure there's many, many things we don't don't even know. So why don't you go ahead and uh, paint a little picture for our audience? Who is Aldo Ferland?
0: Okay. Uh, Aldo Furlan is a 58-year-old kindergarten teacher um, who is, oh, hopefully a few years away from retirement, but uh, still wants to keep active on the road. Um, been running since I was in possibly grade six, grade seven, my very first race in grade six. Uh, was about a mile race when I finished 11th out of about 80 kids. And I thought, I like this. This is kind of cool stuff. I think I want to continue. So, yeah, so I kept running through junior high and senior high. And uh, I, I never really ran much in university, just recreationally, just to stay in shape. But I really got into road running um, after high school and further into university. And then after university, uh, probably just in the last 20 years, I really got into road running quite a bit more. Yeah, I, I've been involved with the Manitoba Runner Association in the past seven or eight years, but uh, also involved with road running a little bit longer than that with uh, some races, such as Ted's Run for Literacy, uh, the Manitoba Marathon, uh, the 10 and 10 run, and and just being a board member with the Manitoba Runner Association has been has been lots of fun.
1: Well, lots lots of avenues mm-hmm. for us to dive down. But I just wanted to circle back to your introduction of running in the first place. So you took it up mm-hmm. at a very young age. And it sounds to me like you had success right from the beginning. It was like love at first sight, not the, you know, you hated it. You came in mm-hmm. last. You were good at it from the beginning. So what role do you think that played in kind of this lifelong relationship that you've had with it?
0: I think it was something that... um I really enjoyed doing, I didn't need any special equipment for it. I mean, you know, I'd I'd skated and stuff, but never really got into hockey or or, uh, too many other sports. I played a little bit of rugby in high school, but yeah, running was something that you didn't really need too much specialized equipment for. You needed Mm -hmm. a good pair of shoes and shorts and a t-shirt, and that was about it. I have a, a fairly large family, and all of us were involved in sports in one way or another. Good genes, I guess.
1: So there might be a little bit of natural talent there, but coupled with hard work and perseverance and dedication, it Mm -hmm. really does go a long way, doesn't it? So Mm -hmm. where are you at these days with running? Are you still competing or have you taken a step back?
0: I was uh, still competing. Last year was the first year that I was able to do just about all of the classic series races in the Manitoba Runner Association. After being injured for about three to four years and then taking a, a fair bit of time, almost seven or eight years to come back, uh, so I was looking forward to hopefully training over the winter, but just got injured again.
2: Oh no, so
0: just a slight little activation of my right meniscus this time as opposed to the left one, which happened about ten years ago. so so hopefully I will only be out for a short time, maybe a a, a month or so. Um, try and rebuild myself again.
2: So let's, let's talk a little bit about your injury experience yeah. parallel to your running. I understand that, you know, 10 years ago, you actually went and saw one of my past colleagues, Mark Beatty, at the Penn yeah. Clinic. And mm-hmm. he, according to you, made quite an impact on you and how he talked mm-hmm. about your injury and how he inspired you to get back to running. So tell us a little bit about that. Now, it seems to me like you you went to the Pan Am Clinic before I was there, and now you're injured again, and are you back at the Pan Am Clinic again?
0: Yeah, I am, but you're not there.
2: I'm not there. So was I your good luck charm? Yeah, I think like, you are. that I lived in Winnipeg, I think like, so. you were I think, fine, you know, and, or, or you just wanted to avoid me?
0: I was healing, and so you must have had something to do with that. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. So... Talk to us a little bit about your injury experience 10 years ago first, because I know it inspired you to even pen some poetry. So yeah. what happened?
0: It's the funniest story. I got crippled by a four-year-old. One of my students, I was teaching nursery at the time. I was standing in the doorway in my classroom, and one of my students decided to run and hug me. She did it with love. So that kind of twisted my knee in an awkward position where I thought, didn't think too much of it at the time. But then me being the reckless diehard runner that I am, I decided to run the Puma Series 10K a few days later. And then uh, a short trail run with some friends uh, later on that day. And then my knee swelled up like a balloon after that. Mm. And so I went to the Pan Am Uh. Clinic and they they checked me out and did the x-ray and stuff. And then uh, uh, Mark started treating me and uh, did a great job helping me out. Um, But in the meantime, they sent me for an MRI, which was later on in January, and they did a very good description of how my meniscus uh, looked with uh, a lateral tear across the transverse surface, in which I understand some of that terminology. But the last line said, the the lateral meniscus, which was uninjured, is unremarkable, which I kind of thought, is that all you have to say about my (laughs) lateral meniscus? Really? Yeah. Can you, like, that's a good maybe, thing. Yeah, it's nice. But could you yeah. come up with some better terms?
1: Yeah. Like they, they need to start writing like the lateral meniscus looks like a million bucks. Like yes. it's not unremarkable. Yeah, where were you when I was writing this
0: poem, Charlie? you could have, you know, I could have given right? you writing credits.
1: Well, <laughs> we could do a 2.0 of the poem. Mm-hmm. So tell us about
2: this poem.
0: All right. There's a lexicon of terms out there, and they're not hard to find. A few of them are great to use when meniscus come to mind. For you can call it healthy, or you can call it fine, like the beautiful aroma of a nine-ounce glass of wine. You can say that it's dependable, just like a St. Bernard, who chases away vandals trespassing in your yard. You can say that it's pristine, as a freshly poured draft beer, a welcome cold libation when the finish line is near. You can say that it's mighty, as a herd of elephants, with all the durability. brand new denim pants you can say that it's delightful like a steeping pot of tea this most integral part of an articulating me you can say that it's hearty or you can say that it is sound just like the wisdom of a friend you like to have around you can tell me that it's sturdy or you can say that it is tough there are no limits to what you say but the right word is enough you can say spectacular or you can say robust but for you to use a proper term is definitely a must so choose your words quite carefully, my friends. As now you know what I mean, or to call it unremarkable is really quite obscene.
2: <laughs> I kind of want to start rapping there for a minute that as you're was... reading that. So the title of this poem was the uh, my
0: ode, ode to, to my, my lateral, lateral meniscus? meniscus. Yeah.
2: Okay. <laughs> so that's awesome. So I assume that your lateral meniscus was fine, and yes. your tear was in your medial
1: meniscus. Yes. Okay.
0: That poem roll was rolling around in my head for about two to three
1: years. Can we talk for a second about the fact that you're a 58 year old kindergarten teacher and how (laughs) this four year old, like this is where the injury came from. I think this is so (laughs) cute. Like I can actually picture this little four year old coming up to you and just sort of hugging you around the knees because you were born to be a kindergarten teacher. Like from everything I know about you, your kids just must absolutely love you. And you're so good with kids. You're so Mm -hmm. good with my kids, and uh, we understand that you taught you taught kindergarten at <laughs> the same elementary school for 24 years. Is that right?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I I did grade actually I was there for 24 years. Uh, the last 12 years was was nursery kindergarten. I did grade two for about 12 years before that. So
1: yeah, and you've recently moved school, so that new school is lucky to have you. But at that one that you were at for 24. 24 years, you uh, took part or maybe even started, I'm not quite sure, a running and reading program. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
0: Yeah, this was a program that was uh, started by an organization called Start to Finish. They were based out of Toronto, um, founded by a woman who you probably know this name, Sylvia Ruger. Oh, my God. Oh, I know this program. Yes. Amazing, amazing woman.
1: She was the Canadian record holder for 28 years, I think, until Lanny Marchant broke Mm -hmm. her record. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So uh, they wanted to um, expand this program into Winnipeg. And it had been in Winnipeg for a while. And I believe there was one or two other schools involved already. Mm -hmm. Um, So they contacted uh, me at at my school at the time and asked if I could help take up this, this program. And I said, sure. Yeah. So I did it for... About, about 10 years, and it's a program that's really, really well run, a good program that we would get kids um, every once a week, uh, do some running and reading activities after school, mm-hmm. and then at the end of the year, um, start to finish would send all those kids in all the schools that were involved um, a brand-new pair of running shoes and a brand-new T-shirt, and they would help fund a, um, a year-end run, like a celebration run mm-hmm. at the end of the year. That's so, awesome. Yeah, so we had three to four schools involved, and they're always looking for more schools. So yes. Brian Warren, who is ex CFL player, is now running the program, I believe.
1: Okay, and what a great combination—running mm-hmm. and reading. Like it just makes so much sense. Like mm-hmm. you go for a run, yeah. you're yeah. more alert, and you can pay attention. Mm-hmm. Right to to. So, what kind of outcomes did you, did you track in that program, and what kind of success did you see in terms of
0: literacy with those kids? Oh, we just found that that, uh, given the opportunity, kids are quite resilient as long as you can give them the opportunity to succeed. And kids need to know how to succeed. They need to be shown that they can succeed um, through any kind of activity that they have, whether it's running, whether it's volleyball, any kind of sports, arts, right? Mm-hmm. So running and reading is just one program of of lots of things that are out there. I I then shortly after that got involved with TED's Run for Literacy. They had seen, I guess they had seen some of the work that I was doing at, uh, at uh, the school, minor city school, and they wanted to get me involved with their race committee. And they, they set some of the funds to start to finish their first year. But then they decided afterwards to fund um, something more local um, called Can You, which is very involved in uh, Winnipeg and Manitoba whole Manitoba community. Um, they're also, I believe they're under the umbrella of the Winnipeg Foundation. So they do some fantastic programs right from elementary, right up to through high school as well. Mm-hmm.
1: What an amazing way to tie all of your passions together. And now you're um, at, 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 like I mentioned, you're at a different school, but you are helping to coach the grade seven and eight track team. So how's that going? This is year one of that.
0: It's been fun. Yeah. It's a year one. I, I started helping coach cross country, which uh, was a long time since I ran cross country. So, you know, to show up at a cross-country meet and see all this. I remember all this, you know. Mm. It was, it's so <laughs> neat to sort of get involved with it again. And tomorrow, I'm going to a track meet with our grade 7 and 8 uh, kids. And it's going to be the first track meet I've gone to in many, many years as well.
2: So, if we may, I'd love to just circle back a little bit to Tez Run and talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. So, tell us, I know you didn't found this race, but is it correct you are now? course director and a volunteer coordinator for that race
0: yeah i was uh for about seven or eight years i was a course coordinator and the volunteer coordinator for ted's run for literacy which uh the race director was a fellow by the name of michael bennett he's been involved with the race for quite some time i believe he's still on the board but now the race director is uh, uh mauricio alfaro and uh darcy wadaleas
2: Okay. Okay. So what was the whole um, mission vision of founding this race in the first place? I mean, you could assume it's trying to connect running and reading, but tell us a little bit more about how it started in the first place.
0: Um, Ted's run for literacy started a few years before I was involved, actually. It was uh, Ted Swain, who was a road running coach out of the running room, who he was a a clinic coach, and uh, he would take groups out, from the running room uh, once or twice a week, I believe. And uh, he was a high school English teacher as well, too. Uh, and so he apparently he, he suffered a heart attack near the end of a race and mm-hmm. suddenly passed away. So a group of his friends who were his, his runners from uh, the running room, you'd have to check with them to get the uh, absolute direct facts. They started this, this run in his honor. And then I believe they just started, got it sanctioned. Um, and then uh, a year or so later, they got in touch with me to help them out. So, and um, how far is it? I was it? just one of the small wheels in the big, big machine. It's um 2K, 5K, and 10K. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. And it's a fantastic race. We have done that race for the last... Two years, and it's in Kildonan Park. Yeah. So, for any any Winnipeg listeners, mm-hmm. you'd know where that is. And I remember the first year I went yeah. there, and I had never been to Kildonan Park. If you can believe it, it's like clear across the city for me, so yeah. it's not something I would just. It's a great little park, and we were blown away. Now, it helped that both years the the weather was just absolutely spectacular, and the fall colors, and it was mm-hmm. stunning in in Kildonan Park. But this five k, ten k, and and again, like you mentioned, the two k for the kids. It's a really top-notch race and they do a great job fundraising for
0: for ted's run
2: so where did the funds Mm -hmm. go
0: the funds go to an organization called can you which provides uh leadership and education um, all kinds of um, uh, programs from elementary right up through to high school and uh even into university i believe
1: hmm okay okay awesome okay well and that's not the only run <laughs> that you're involved in like so yeah. cross-country track uh involvement at the school mm-hmm. and we've got ted's run but you've helped out with the manitoba marathon the winnipeg 10 and 10 you've got important jobs at all of those uh zone captain and you've got a, a hop yeah. and water station. I have actually yeah. benefited. I've been the beneficiary of your water <laughs> station on the Manitoba marathon at mile. Yes. A mile <sighs> two in the marathon. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. the, we mm-hmm. very much appreciate you being out there. Um, so yeah, you've are you got your hand in a lot of different things throughout the city. But what mm-hmm. I wanted to spend a little bit of time on now is your involvement with the MRA, the Manitoba Runners Association here in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. And uh, you are a board member and sit on a, a, mm-hmm. a number of committees for the Manitoba Runners Association yeah. and have been doing that for the last seven years or so. So I wonder if you, especially for our non- Winnipeg listeners. I wonder if you could just explain Mm -hmm. what is the MRA and and what's its mission? What's its sort of um, role here in the city?
0: The Manitoba Runner Association is, I guess you'd call it the sort of the sport body for road running in Manitoba. Mm -hmm. That's
2: a good way to put it.
0: Yeah. We uh, sanction races. We provide certification by measuring, by providing, uh, uh, measuring courses. Like we'll hire someone to measure a course to make sure that it's accurate uh, we promote road races that are all on our calendar. Even races that are not on our calendar, they might be pr- promoted under other events. We uh, provide information and support for race directors to, uh, to run the races. Um, for any um, organizations that are looking to start a race, we have something that's really special. It's called Run For Your Cause. And what that does is if there's an organization out there that doesn't have the wherewithal to put together a race... They can come to the MRA and we do just about all of the organization. We'll do the registration. We'll do the course setup. We'll provide the timing. We just need the volunteers to help run the race. And so the organization can provide the volunteers. Mm -hmm. And then people who support the run for your cause, they can choose if they're running Uh, when they're registered, they can choose which charity that they'd like to support. Mm. So, it's, it's really a good opportunity um, for uh, organizations to, you know, to create some fundraising for themselves. Mm-hmm. As well. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's such a great idea, because I think mm-hmm. people think, oh, I'll do a fundraiser, or I'll just put on a run, and they don't realize how much actually goes into putting it on a run. So and whereas you're set up it's for that, like, that's what you do. Mm-hmm. And then they can mm-hmm. spend their energy on what, they do, which is the actual fundraising. Right. And so what a, what a lovely partnership.
2: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Filling needs in multiple ways. So I just want to highlight Mm -hmm. that we actually had Kathy Weens on our podcast, who is the current MRA.
1: Executive director. Executive director.
2: Um, Way back in episode 27, like in our first year of podcasting. Mm -hmm. And uh, she talked a lot about what the MRA does as well. So if you want
1: more Mm -hmm. info, you can
2: go back Mm -hmm. and listen to that. Yeah, we'll link
1: that up in the show notes.
2: Yeah. I, I think just foundational organization in Winnipeg. I... I've really been impressed in the time that I lived there, how integral the MRA is to the running community in Winnipeg and how it really Mm -hmm. connected and responsive the organization is to the needs of the community. Mm -hmm. Like it's not afraid to evolve. It's not afraid to shift a little bit and to, you know, kind of, um, morph into, fulfilling all of those needs. And you just spoke a little bit to that, the the fundraising needs of different organizations. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And to your point, Kim, like the MRA, I've never been in a city. I've lived in lots of different cities across Canada and the MRA has a robust series. So, Mm -hmm. so basically a a whole Mm -hmm. bunch of different races that take place all throughout the year. And there's like different points. Like I might not be explaining it properly, but maybe you could speak to that a little bit. Cause I know you have a hand in, um, in sure. being in charge of this race mm-hmm. series.
0: We have three different run series. There's one is called the celebration series, which is a free series for any MRA member. Um, if they want to join, they can join the MRA anytime. Um, and if you're not a, like a, a racer, you're not too competitive, but you just want to run. Um, you can participate in the celebration series and it's all based on participation. That's it. Uh, mm-hmm. you can just log your training runs. Uh, you'll get, I believe it's three points for a training run, four points for a race, five points for a race that's out of town. And then once you get to 50 points, uh, which is all logged on race roster, uh, or you can use, uh, map my run, Strava, any kind of running app. Okay. Uh, once you get to 50 points, you get a medal, a oh, beautiful medal that's awesome. been, uh, you know. Uh, designed mainly by, by Kathy Weins, who's uh, incredibly talented at finding new ways to present incredible looking medals. Um, mm-hmm. The second series is the Youth Series, which we choose about 14 or 15 races out of all of the races on our calendar. They need to have two distances under 5K. So it could be a 1K and a 5K or 3K and a 5K for the kids to choose from. And, and the kids only need to run three races to get a bronze medal and then they, if you run six they'll get a silver and if you run nine, nine then they'll get a gold.
1: Wow! And aren't some of those runs for ice cream? <laughs> yeah the ice cream oh, runs. Oh yes, yes. I loved those with my kids.
0: We have two possibly three ice cream runs because I've just scouted out a, a location for a third ice cream run. Um, I don't want to give away too many details. So
2: <laughs> okay don't it right
0: now. Got um, it. yeah, um, Yeah we have a couple of ice cream runs. And uh, we we just want to open up running to um, the community and especially get kids involved mm-hmm. too because if you get kids involved in running, then it's all geared towards health and wellness.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you, you could, think that you know we, we get the kids involved because the parents are there anyway running so why not have a race for the kids but i can also see that it could happen yeah. the other way around like oh the kids want to go on the ice yes. cream run so they come and then the parents are like well maybe yeah. i may as well run this yes. 5k or 10k because yes. my kids got yeah. me so do you ever see that yeah
0: i uh, yeah i do see that mm-hmm. yeah and and you know uh, something i alluded to before um Actually, I never did, but I should sort of bring it up. It's it's uh, the kids that run a 2K, and then next year they run a 5K. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of years later, they run another 5K or a 10K, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they bring their families out. Yes. And it's every run that they do, every time they come out, it's one step away from heart disease and cancer mm-hmm. and diabetes mm-hmm. and all kinds of illnesses, Absolutely. illnesses right? Yes. So yes. it's all about wellness.
1: So yes.
0: the youth series is um, – uh, about 14, 15 races, uh, all two distances under five K. Um, and then we have what's, uh, within the youth series, we have, um, the division is 10 and under, and that's all based on participation. And then we have an age class component for kids that are 11 and 12, 13 and 14, 15 and 16, oh, where they get okay. an age class award for second, third. And then we have the classic adult race series, right. which is for, uh, uh anyone 17 and older.
2: Okay. That's a lot of races. Like how many, how many races are in the classic series?
0: Oh, we've usually had about 14 or 15 races. Mm-hmm. Kathy Wings, I spoke to her the other day. She says we have many, many, many races this year. Mm-hmm. It's probably mm-hmm. more than we've had um, at this time before. So,
2: Well, and I'm sure there's mm-hmm. some overlap between the classic and the youth series, but that's yes. still a yeah. lot of races in a province with not the hugest population in canada no. so so yeah. you know to put on races like that requires a lot of passion a lot of commitment um we we were actually chatting a little bit before we started recording about your involvement with the pop-ups during some of these races oh. so okay so yeah. for those of us that don't know what a pop-up is can you describe what a pop-up yeah. is and then how um, in the world did you get inspired to start doing pop-ups yeah. for these races. A pop-up,
0: I guess, is, uh, I would call it a spontaneous aid station. Um, what I do, and I started doing this for Tez Run for Literacy, um, when I, uh, <clears throat> I i figured, well, we need to sort of spread our awareness. And I was walking along Wellington Crescent one morning with some friends, and I came upon um, well-known uh, trail runner, Dwayne Sandal who was mm-hmm. heavily involved in the trail run series mm-hmm. and he had an aid station set up on Wellington. And I said, Wayne, what's going on? He says, oh, just a pop up. I went, that's brilliant. Right. I yeah. thought I got to get on this. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So I have him to thank for that. So I thought, well, um, I've got a car. I can fit a table in the back of my car. I get a couple of jugs and, uh, get some Gatorade and get some uh, gummy bears and some other candies and, and we we did the very first pop-up at Garbage Hill. Oh, and, awesome. Uh, that was a huge success. It was tons of fun. People just loved it. And I thought, yeah. there's got to be places around the city that people are going to run um, that are pretty far away from water. And so right. my yeah. thought is I want to be right. the oasis in the desert. Okay. So I found many, many locations around the city. Like there's there's a place on Wellington. There's a place on Wolseley. There are two spaces on... Uh, the Bishop Brandon Trail, there's Niagara Trail, the Silver Yellow Ribbon Trail, Sturgeon Creek Trail. Anywhere yep. where I can Creek, uh, park man. my car, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Luckily, yeah. I lived at the far end would, of
2: Sturgeon a and would trail. Run, yeah, yeah, towards water. But if mm-hmm. you're at the other
1: end, there's nothing. Heart Trail, yeah. yes, yeah. absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So fun story about yeah. that. Um, my husband was training for yeah. the Manitoba Marathon in the summer of 2019. And we hadn't even been in the city for a full year at that point. And he came home from one of his runs one day and he's like, you never believe it. Like I was running and we run the heart trail all the time. And he's like, there was this guy and he had a table and he was like, there, just kind of giving out food and, and water. And it was amazing. (laughs) Cause I was coming home from this like 32 K long run. And it was still three kilometers from home at that point. And he's like, it was awesome. And so anyway, uh, then we learned that this awesome guy is you and we get to know you over the next few years. And then this summer, the same thing happened and we're out for a run. And and there you are on the heart trail again. And we, we stop and we get a cupcake and it was your birthday that day. So we got to say happy birthday. Uh, And so we stop and then, you know, nothing attracts a crowd like a crowd, right? So then other people stop. And all of a sudden (laughs) we had like 15 people there and it was like the place to be on the trail. It was just so much fun. And what, I want to say about this, Aldo, yeah. is you volunteer your time. You load your car up with all yeah. this stuff. You drive around the city. You park there for four hours. You're there for like half the day. This is yeah. a large time commitment on your part. Yeah. And all it seems from the outside is that you were having so much fun. Like you're just in your happy yeah. place doing this. Is that true? Yeah. Or are you kind exactly. of putting on an act or yeah. are you ever like, Oh, I have to go and do no. like, is it something you want to do or something that you feel like you have to do?
0: I, I love doing this cause it's a great way to spend, um, you know, a Saturday, Sunday morning. Um, when things are slow, I've got a book and I've got my Bluetooth speakers going and I'm, you know, cranking Steely Dan and the Eagles and uh, Tom mm-hmm. Petty and stuff. Yes, and when it's busy, I'm chatting with people, and I'm, you know, letting them know about the running uh, situation in Manitoba, right? And the funniest thing is the reaction you get from people going, "What's going on here? Yeah, you're just what free?" And people start reaching for their wallets and go, "No, no, it's free, right? It's free." Well, I've never um, heard of pop subsidizes me before Mm -hmm.
2: when you know Manitoba when I lived there, but I've got to ask, like, you could, you know, a lot of as you can see, most people are running their long runs on Saturdays and Sundays and you're there supporting yeah. them. So I'm wondering, like you did mention you, you've spent some time in the past decade injured. Was this a way yeah. for you to stay connected to your running community when you couldn't necessarily in, in keep a way running it was. yourself? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Especially yeah. the last few years. Um, but I have been able to come back and run in the last, the last couple of years. Um, I've awesome. only been doing the pop-ups for about four four or five years, I think.
2: So do you, like, get up at 3 a.m. and do your run and then go to your pop-up um, How do you fit it in? No,
0: actually, I kind of that's, – that's a good question, though. I kind of had to, you know, sort of shift my schedule. <laughs> and maybe, you know, I do my – especially in the summer uh, where us teachers are off. I could do my long run on, on a Friday or on okay. a Monday oh, instead. Right. So I'd have to sort of re re-shift yeah. when I can fit in my easy runs and in my long runs. And then I know I've got the, the pop-up mm-hmm. time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right. I once, once tried to do a, a long run after a pop-up. Not a good idea. No. Okay,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, it's a lot of fun. I've met a lot of interesting characters as well, too. So.
2: Well, and you've inspired other organizations to do their own pop-ups. I know the, it's WFPS yeah. that has done, yeah. done them, and they have their ambassadors yeah. doing them, particularly long. Yeah, because
1: I, I think
0: they're on the Wellington. River.
2: Yeah, Wellington, Crescent, mm-hmm. yeah. I yeah, I think it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah it's it is. great. It is yeah. brilliant.
1: And on behalf of the Winnipeg running community, although I would like to just <laughs> extend a humongous thank you to you because that's a huge time commitment and we really, really yeah. appreciate it. And if you're getting something out of it too and staying connected and feeling like you're part of it, even if you're yeah. not running mm-hmm. at that time, then win-win all around. So thank you for that. Yeah. And now, so those always happen in the summertime, right? So we're dealing with generally very hot conditions for the pop-ups. But uh, I also just saw some video footage, I believe, of you doing
0: a polar bear run.
1: Would you like to tell us a little bit
0: about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's fun. The polar bear run was something that was started by a fellow in the running room on Keniston. His name was Carmine. I can't remember his last name. Um, He was uh had moved here from victoria a number of years ago and he since moved back but he was very disappointed that there was no polar bear dip mm-hmm. that that winnipeg does and he's, he says he had to come up with something so he came up with the polar bear run um at uh Assiniboine park that would go mm-hmm. around the formal gardens and mm-hmm. so carman was in charge of this and he ran it for a number of years about at least four or five years i believe i've done it a couple times um and then A good friend of mine, Dorothy, uh, who works, Dorothy McCall, who works at the running room, said, uh, oh, Cameron's left for uh, Victoria and he's asked me to take on this polar bear run. Can you help me with it? I went, sure. Yeah, wasn't really much to do. We just just put up a couple of signs and uh, greeted people as they showed up. Um, But a really neat thing evolved out of that. Um, Jason Bruce, another friend of mine through the running community, said, why don't we donate some funds to Silo Mission? I thought, that's a great idea. So it's, it's neat. All the things that, that come up around the running community, um, one person adds an idea and another person adds an idea, and then it just grows after that. Mm-hmm. So uh, both Jason and Dorothy and I have been handling the, the polar bear run the last number of years. Since there's been construction at the park, we've moved it to the duck pond which is actually even a better location because number well, one, it's a little shorter, but we have a warm place to go. Okay. And let start me interject
2: off. here. So, so let's just mm-hmm. fill in the blanks for our listeners. What is the polar oh, run? Yeah. So I've done this once okay. and I remember sitting yeah. in my car and then jumping out in yeah. my bathing suit and <laughs> sprinting around yeah. this loop of a Cinnabon Park and then jumping back in my car. So yeah. now if it's at the duck pond, there's a warm place to start how How does this work? Yeah. There's no water to dive in, but what is it?
0: no nope. yeah it's a it is a one loop around the duck pond, which is about eight hundred meters, seven to eight hundred yeah, meters and you strip down to your bathing suit um or shorts and nothing else
2: and it's on and January first, right.
0: It's January 1st, so yep. if you feel you're uh, you're able to wake up that early, join us at 9 o'clock. <laughs> You'll wake up pretty January fast
2: 1st. in your bathing suit in Winnipeg yeah. in January.
0: And yep. we yes. even provide a draw prize. Now we have a, a new draw prize. We've had this for the last couple of years. Dorothy buys a little <laughs> stuffed polar bear. His name is Nipper. Oh, and there was a no polar bear when I did it. Yeah, I know. This is something that's new. We've just done it the last couple of years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I make up a, a little T-shirt that says polar bear run, and on the back it says frozen nipple survivor. Oh, my so.
1: Awesome. And I have to point mm-hmm. out that this is polar bear B A R E. Yeah. Correct? Yes. B-A-R-E. Yes. 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 Yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: yes. Yeah. oh yeah. I saw the yeah.
1: footage from this year's race and I thought, what a lot of fun that is. And hard pass. It's, no, thank you. <laughs> like, oh, I oh, oh you know what? No, it's no, not. I would and I was, would die, Kim. I would freeze my buttons. Nice you could get it year. done in half the time that I did it.
0: Yeah. This year was actually quite nice. It was only a about about minus 12
1: oh so it was normal running weather you know yeah Yeah. but it was just so funny Mm -hmm. to see everyone in like their running shoes and their their bathing suits in the middle of winter (laughs)
0: well and and even during the pandemic uh, it still carried on because we urged people to go and do their own polar bear run wherever they wanted to and film it if they could and so we had lots of posts about people running around their block which is what i did right (laughs) Oh
1: yeah, gosh, I, if if mm-hmm. your neighbors didn't think you're weird enough already, right? All the you know runners yeah. are pegged as weirdos yeah. to begin with, and now we go doing the, this yeah. thing on on January first. Yeah. But really, like it's so much fun. That's it's so that's much just fun. and the best it part is. was going to Stella's after yeah. and just drinking lots of coffee and yep. warming up and. Yeah. Coming mm-hmm. off the New Year's Eve,
0: yeah, it's uh, it's one thing that reminds you that you're alive. Yes, oh, absolutely, for sure. <laughs> good
1: start to the New Year. For sure. So, did yeah. you write any poems about mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Inspiration? for No, your next not poem? yet.
0: But uh, but you know uh, uh, that'll be uh, in the works, I'm sure.
1: Okay, well, are there uh, are there any other poems that we should touch on before uh, we let you go?
0: Well, I've got a poem here, and I guess it it kind of. Kind of hits home right now because I've been re-injured again. Mm -hmm. And so this is called Bag of Pain. Mm. (laughs) Last month, my calf was pulling me, and I think I had a strain. I've come to the conclusion I'm a big old bag of pain. Two weeks ago, it was my foot that left me feeling lame. I'd start to run, and then I'd have to pull out of the game. For years, my torn meniscus left me in the walking lane, while one was unremarkable, the other feeling shame. Though recent years I've come along to join the run again, I just can't shake this feeling I'm a big old bag of pain. What's going to happen this time? Is it going to be my toe, my back, my hip, my shin bone? I just don't want to know. I warm up well and stretching seems to help me keep moving, but the sounds my bodies make these days are never very soothing. Whatever place the pain comes from, my strive to run remains, even though my body is a big old bag of pain. (laughs)
1: We're allowed to publish it, these somewhere. Serious, but it's good. Yeah. Like
2: you, Eventually. You can tell you spend a large part of your day reading rhymes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. You do yeah. it very well. Yeah. well. You
1: do it very well.
0: Yeah. I'm a kindergarten teacher, and yeah. so we do piggyback songs all the time. Absolutely. Exactly.
1: You could be the next yeah. Dr. Seuss.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, Aldo, you've had this humongous impact on the running community. You've been in it a very long time. What drives you?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, my RAV4 right now. But uh, <laughs> besides that, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think what really inspired me years ago was uh, when I was working out at um, the gym, getting ready to run a marathon eventually. And I, I picked up this Saturday night magazine off the counter. Wasn't really thinking much of it. and I flipped through it. and I saw an article. Um, about a guy named ed whitlock Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now you might remember him he was the plus 80 year old. i'm not sure how old he he, he's recently passed on a couple years ago Mm -hmm. um but he was a record holding marathon runner who lived in toronto and they did a whole story on him and and one of his quotes was he he likes to run two hours around a graveyard Mm -hmm. because he likes the folks inside a whole lot better than the ones outside and i thought well this guy is in his 70s He's running three hour marathons yeah, faster than me. Uh, and I thought, wow, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. my mantra from that time, uh, I guess my saying was the more you do, the more you can do.
2: Mm-hmm. I love it.
0: Right. So yeah. if you open yourself up to all kinds of different experiences, you try running, you try swimming, you try biking, skiing, whatever. And, and some of them work for you and some of them don't. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least you've tried them. You've got a whole uh, you know, different um, types of experience to learn from. And mm-hmm. you, you become a better runner, a better person from using all of those experiences that you see and you see from, from other people as well too. Like getting inspired by Dwayne Sandal or yeah. getting coached by Ken perchluck or mm-hmm. Carolyn Coffin, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? There are so many different influences out there and uh, you'll just learn from it. So,
1: Absolutely. Well, you mentioned some yeah. some great people there Ed Whitlock. Yeah, he was an incredible runner and inspired so many people. But does anybody else stand mm-hmm. out as somebody who's particularly inspired you on your on your running journey?
0: Oh, uh, there there are a lot of people. Um mm-hmm. I remember when I first ran my um my first huge marathon was uh uh Victoria where I I ran 249 and I was kind of like one of the backend runners for a while until I started uh, running with roadkill running club. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks to James Slade, who bugged me and bugged me and bugged me and said, come on, come on, come on, run, come on, run with us. And I went to the banquet of uh, the awards banquet later on that year after running and Brenly Muska came up and I'd known Brenly as like, wow, she's, she's an amazing runner. She came up and gave me a huge hug. I went, wow, I've, I was really inspired by that too. Mm-hmm. And then just seeing so many other runners in the running community, like Leon Clegg and Greg Athade and, um, you know, Ken, who was my coach for a while before, before, uh, I was running with you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. there are too many people to mention.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. And everyone mm-hmm. that we've come in contact with in, in our lives has, shapes us into who we are. Right. And we take little bits from, yeah. from everybody. Right. And I think you're speaking to exactly. that beautifully. Yeah. Amazing. Well, and honestly,
2: I think yeah. that's why Karen and I love doing this podcast mm-hmm. is we allow those yeah. little bits yeah. to be spread across mm-hmm. the digital universe, for yeah. lack of a better word. Yeah. And, yeah. and everybody has little pieces like glean from others. And even you, you know, although people will hear mm-hmm. something you said in this podcast and be inspired. Yeah. So it's amazing how yeah, we actually. all support yeah. each other in our running community. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Yeah, as I've heard from your previous podcast from uh, from uh, you know the past number of weeks, you know I've heard phrases and snippets from lots of different people. That I thought that that is so valuable. Mm-hmm. So. Yep.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, what's next for you? Are you um, planning anything for 2023 with regards to your own um, running or um, right now volunteering?
0: Just trying to get healthy right now. Um, I I had a quest a number of years ago to try and run a marathon in every province. Uh, Since getting injured years ago, um, I don't think I'll be running any more marathons. I just don't know if uh, if my knees will handle it. But uh, Mm -hmm. I'd like to try and finish off the provinces eventually in the next couple of years. Hopefully maybe running some halves. But uh, uh, if not, I will try and reach each province to do at least least a 10K. We'll see Mm -hmm. if if that'll last.
1: Um, which provinces do you have left?
0: Yeah I have all the I have all the ends I have uh Nunavut, Northwest Territories, uh New Brunswick and um, Newfoundland and I could say Nova Scotia, but I did run a race out in Nova Scotia a number of years ago, which uh, I would recommend this to anyone. It's called Not since Moses mm-hmm. and you start at uh, one spot in the Bay of Fundy and the tide goes out. And you run out (gasps) and along the Bay of Fundy on the bottom of the ocean, you run 10 K and you finish before the the tide comes in. Oh, that's one of the neatest things is it's, it's a great race. It's a very well organized race. It's a lot of fun. There's about three to 400 people. It Mm -hmm. fills up and accommodations are hard to get. So if you do decide to go book accommodations early, because it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere, um, there's a little town called Parsboro that's close by. It's about the size of Portage, um, but there's not much else mm. out there. But the what is this community called? Around not there, it, Moses? It's called, Not Before Moses? It's, not, it's called Not Since Moses. Not, since, not Moses. since Moses. What a
2: brilliant name. Not
0: Since Moses has anyone walked, you know, when the tide comes yeah, out. Across right? the uh, so bottom of the So you can do ocean. it as a 5K. Yeah, yeah. you mm-hmm. can do it as a 5K or a 10K. And, uh, well, the thing I thought was so neat was uh, for the water station, you had a boat. The boat goes out, <laughs> tide goes out, the boat sinks to the, <laughs> to the, to the bottom, right? Oh, and they hand That's out water so bottles. Awesome. And then the tide comes in, picks up the boat again, and they sail back oh, in. My oh,
1: so, that is... Yeah. How have I never so, heard
0: about this race? That is race. so it's, cool. Oh, it's amazing. What does it happen? Yeah. When, when is this race? In uh, about late August. Okay, about if August you're ever 20th. going to
2: Nova Scotia, so, plan yeah. your trip for late August yeah. so that you can do this yes. race. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, but look lots. for
0: accommodations. I, I booked my accommodations right up about the end of May, and I, I got the last room in just a small little uh, place that had a couple of, couple of um, hotel. Well, no, I wouldn't yeah. really call it a hotel. It was like a little <laughs> cabin. Okay. Yeah. So this is
2: not common for mm-hmm. road runners. They're not used to having to fight for accommodations, but trail runners yeah. in small mountain towns yeah. know to book their accommodations a good year in advance. So take a yeah. lesson from trail mm-hmm. runners here. And if you want to do this race, yeah. yeah plan accordingly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: And for all the trail runners out there, um, I did do a trail marathon one time that uh, almost killed me. No, I wouldn't say that almost <laughs> killed me, but uh, anyone who knows, Um, and I'm not a trail runner, but I have done some trail races that I really enjoyed. Uh, the toughest race I think I've done, tougher than Boston, uh, was Yukon River Trail Marathon. Oh. So I don't know if you're familiar with that. It was a, yeah, yeah. It's a really well organized race as well, too. Um, they marked the course up and down, yellow spray paint on all the, um, Oh, roots and rocks and stuff like oh, that, wow. and uh, you're you are you're running up up and down hills and valleys and stuff, and uh, you're just taken by the scenery. It's incredible, but you need to keep an eye on the feet of the guy in front of you, so you know where you're going to be stepping.
2: Okay, yeah. okay, so, wow, yeah. fascinating. Great
0: race though. That was kind of one of my goals, like one of the marathons that I had. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, well, I guess Very in the Yukon, race, there's probably not a huge amount of. Long roads. to uh, I'm sure there's no, roads, but no, most of the races on, yeah, there are going to be more rugged. Yeah,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. About maybe three miles of it was on road, and then right into the into the trails. Yeah, okay. along the river valley, it was just beautiful though too. So, but uh, awesome. the thing that I loved about it is it was a great marathon, but it was versatile that you could do it at the time. You could do it as a as a ten k, um, as a half, or as a four person relay. Okay. So if anybody has some goals about running in the Yukon, you know, good race, look it up.
2: Find three other people that want to go with you yeah. in the Yukon and then you, yes. you can yeah. do it, right?
0: <laughs> Party. Yeah. Okay.
2: Well, the Yukon is definitely some place that I've heard a lot about, particularly the ultra communities. Mm-hmm. There's the Yukon ultra there, but it's also in the summer, of course, there's unlimited daylight. And like you've said, I've heard amazing scenery. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what, we focus so much on traveling to places on different continents outside of Canada, but we have so much amazing terrain and places to see in our own country. Yeah. So you've just kind of reminded me of that. Yeah. So thank you for that.
0: Yeah, that's kind of one of my goals is that uh, is try and run as many different places as you can, because there is so, mm-hmm. so much to see out there, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I, I want to put one little plug in. Um, not too many. Well, some people know me about this. I also run with uh, probably one of the largest running clubs in the world. It's called the Hash House Harriers.
2: Oh yes. Oh yeah. Yes.
0: And it's a drinking club with a running problem. <laughs> so I'll just let your <laughs> listeners Google that up. They can okay. just Google that. And, you know, I I would get in a lot of trouble if if my friend said, "Why didn't you talk about us?" Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. No, I'm
1: familiar with the Hash House Harriers. Sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay well before we let you go Aldo we have a few quick rapid fire questions that we sent to you in advance so first up on the list is do you have a favorite mantra
0: I would probably go with um, a Tom Petty song which was you wreck me so that's I sort of get into the rhythm of that song I really really love it Tom Petty or the pretenders yeah just a lot of good 80s rock as well too
2: not really a mantra but Mm -hmm. that's something that keeps you Mm -hmm. moving so that's great Mm -hmm. do you have a favorite place to run what's your go-to place when you just need to run
0: you know this is going to sound silly but i'm going to say assiniboine park because you can run north south east or west of it Mm -hmm. and in the winter time when the river freezes and after all the dog walkers have pounded down the snow so it's hard enough to to walk and run on um yeah i love Starting and finishing at Center One Park, you can run through mm-hmm. the park. You can run, you know, mm-hmm. east of Wellington, west to Vialu, north to the Heart Trail, or south to Silver Yellow Ribbon Trail. Yeah. So,
2: absolutely, yeah. depending mm-hmm. on which way the wind blows and
0: yes. yeah, <laughs> yes. exactly. where you yeah. want to go.
1: Absolutely. And you can run in your yeah. bathing suit if <laughs> <laughs> you really want to.
0: Yes. And the yeah, January in the 1st, you can. With the
1: water station, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yes. yes. Yeah. I'll do a pop-up okay. Mm-hmm. Do you have a race on your bucket list still?
0: I would probably have to say, like, hopefully once I finish all the provinces, um, I'd have to tackle at least some of the big five, like Chicago, New York, London, Berlin, right? So I think I'm probably going to say Chicago, because I've heard so many people talk about Chicago, so that's some of the big five. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I don't know if I'd have (laughs) my legs in for the marathon, but maybe they have, right? Okay.
2: Well, the folks at Pan Am, I'm sure, will fix you up and get yes. you
0: there. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Let's hope
2: so. I I trust <laughs> them. Mm-hmm. Um okay, yeah. so do you have a favorite running book or movie?
0: I guess one of my favorite movies. Uh Run Five Bar Run.
2: Oh, <gasps>
0: yes. Simon Pegg. Yeah, that's come up once before mm-hmm.
1: on our show, I think. Mm-hmm. Someone did say that, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, who it was. I can't remember who, but yeah. uh, yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Last question. Do you have a favorite post-run indulgence?
0: Yes. And uh, this is usually on a Saturday afternoon. I, I get up um, Saturday morning, I get up, have some peanut butter toast, go for a run, and then I come home and have my big fat bacon breakfast. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. I
1: like it. Yeah. A little bacon and yeah. eggs. <laughs>
2: Yeah. As long as you, you know, you mentioned that when I get up in the afternoon, no, we know that you get up in the morning yeah. And, yeah, <laughs> pop yeah. up, yeah. and then you run it's, in yeah. the afternoon and... and you need something substantial to recover from that. So that's yeah. great. <laughs> oh, well, this has been um, really fun, Aldo. Thank you for joining yeah. us and just talking to us cool. a little bit about you know, your, your deep roots in the running community in Winnipeg and what drives mm-hmm. you to, mm-hmm. to continue yeah. supporting and running
1: in, in this environment?
0: Well, uh, I feel really flattered and honored that you got in touch with me. So thank you very much. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. This was a lot of fun. You are a, a true gem of a human, Aldo, and uh, we're oh. lucky to have you in our community. So thanks for joining us.
0: Thank you.